Welcome to episode 157 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the NASCAR is back edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, the computer genius and iRacing Indy 500 champion. Had a chance at the iRacing Daytona 500 this weekend, but kind of likes Joey Logano or the RFK guys or mostly most of the field if you're in a Toyota uh, in the actual 500. Uh, unfortunately, the timing wasn't there. Uh, his name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. Of course, um, you know, I did the iRacing Daytona 500. And yes, I was, like I said, trying to add to the virtual mantle there with the Indy 500 win from last year. And yeah, I came up short. Uh, I had two tries at it. You know, they had throughout Wednesday, we'll get into it later, but, you know, they had several sessions starting on last Wednesday night going through Sunday night, and I did the one on Saturday afternoon and uh, the one uh, Sunday morning. So uh, the Saturday afternoon one finished fifth uh, and tried to get through the last lap carnage, which I almost did and everything, and then the other one uh, was pushing for the lead and uh, with about 22 to go in the other one and on Sunday morning and, and uh, got loose going into turn one and spun out and wrecked. So uh, that's how it went. But, you know, um, Daytona, a lot harder to win uh, on iRacing than uh, the Indy 500, I think. And, you know, I think all my attempts in that one kind of show, you know, it plays out just exactly like the real one. So I'm not really sure if it's art imitating life, life or life imitating art. So um, you, you pick your poison there. But uh, the 500 itself and you know, the rest of Speedwakes, um, typical Daytona, but you know, uh, it's a different feeling I feel like in a lot of ways. So, you know, just, you know, glad to get into it and digest it all tonight. Yeah, we're going to get into it. And it's, um, something that, uh, I got, uh, text literally right after the race from my old, uh, podcast co-host from the NASCAR days and, the. Uh, what do you call the speed weekdays, Adam, Adam Ham, uh, the term we uh, coined on those shows uh, came through. Richard won his first race uh, in five and a half years. 199 race winless streak is done. First win for JTG Doherty since uh, AJ Adder Allmendinger won at Watkins Glen. And that was 2014. What? That's nine years ago, like eight, eight, near eight and a half years ago. So a lot of uh, losing streaks ended on um, Sunday night for the Daytona, what ended up being the Daytona 530, uh, longest race ever. So because of all the extra laps, more or less, we'll get into the race. It's all pretty, we're talking about it offline. I mean, pretty clean uh, up to about lap 183 and then the all hell broke loose sands like one and a half cautions there uh so we'll get into the 500 and uh we'll also get into the xfinity race which saw repeat winner austin hill making a pass on justin allgaier and john hunter nemechek so uh that'll be something we'll get into along with some of the people that caused multiple wrecks like parker kligerman uh and Clayton Hughes was sitting there going off on his high horse because he's a he he seems like a real idiot. I'm glad that he doesn't work with Martin Truex anymore. He seems like a real douche. Um, 
I mean, it's also interesting that Old Richard won because they announced that Miss Hummer is going to be back announcing two races. For what reason, I don't know. This is coming off of her going and uh, being announced to be a part of the Indy 500 broadcast, which also makes no sense. Uh, but Well, yeah, know. hold on. Since you mentioned her, I mean, the fact that Stenhouse, the ex, won, does that mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to win the Super Bowl next year because she was or he was also Danica's ex? Well, he went into the dark for four days, so that has to mean something. There has to be some innuendo involved with her. Um, he's in his darkness retreat in a in a jail cell or whatever the hell he did. It sounds like he's going to go to the darkness, which is the Las Vegas Raiders or the Jets. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But that would be something if Aaron goes and wins a Super Bowl uh, after since Miss Hummer is connected to him too, since she fancies herself a great podcaster now, is a joke in itself. Uh, Zane Smith repeated in the truck series on Friday, and which was basically a cluster F of a of a deal start stop. But Zane Smith starts this year the same way as he started last year with a win. He got into the Daytona 500 somehow after having problems in Wednesday's qualifying. Gets in the race on Thursday, and then gets a decent run. So something to look at there. Uh, KBM's trucks were really fast, so Chevy's. Um, something to look at. Will that continue starting a couple of weeks from now uh, when Kyle Busch jumps into the 51 truck uh, for the first time as a Chevy in many years since the Billy Baloo days, I think, probably. Uh, then um, we'll go through all the picks that we made. We'll also go through some of the bets uh, a lot of uh, L's because we picked Ryan Blaney. Put a lot of we hedged on Ryan Blaney and it didn't work out so well. If it was a top ten pick for Ryan Blaney, then it'd been great because he took a destroyed race car for the second Daytona race in a row and somehow or another made something out of nothing. Uh, we'll get in all that. We'll talk about F1 testing at Bahrain, which is coming up in the next few days. The one test that they're going to have prior to. The start of the 2023 Formula One season. There's been all the all the teams have uh, had their reveals or whatever. Some of them have actually revealed our cars. Some of them haven't. So curious to see what will go on with that. Two weeks before the IndyCar season begins at St. Petersburg. So got probably got some news there as well. The roundup will discuss uh, Formula E in South Africa for the first time in, in Cape Town and the World Superbikes opener at Phillip Island in Australia. And then uh, Josh and I will preview what likely is the last race for Cup and Xfinity at Auto Club Speedway uh, because I have a hard time believing the way NASCAR has handled things, ISC, whatever they are now. Um, the France family that they're actually going to be around after this race. Uh, but to be determined, Josh will go and tell us everything about the iRacing Daytona 500 and all the other racing that uh, is going on this coming week in the world of Sims. And then we'll close the deal. So, yeah, uh, we start here with Richard going and winning the Daytona 500. He started 31st. He finished third in stage two. He led 10 laps in the race, including the last one, uh, the most important one. Prior to that, I'm trying to go through here because there was 52 lead changes amongst 21 drivers, so half the field led a lap, so that's pretty good. 
even with the way this race seemed to kind of not really have a whole lot of action. It was ma- mainly up front with some of the runs that were going on. Um, I can't really see where Stenhouse led earlier. Or no, he did lead the last 10 laps of the race. Okay, there you go. So that's it. He led the last, led the last 10 laps of the race to break a 199 race winless streak. That last win was uh, the the July Daytona race where he yelled 1776, we are the champs. Uh and then that was when he was still with Miss Hummer, even, I think, and she was still in the Cup Series. So that tells you how long ago that was. The top 10 in the Daytona 530 uh, yesterday, Ricky Stenhouse, defending series champion Joey Logano, finished second, uh, trying to go for his second Daytona 500. Christopher Bell gave the push to Stenhouse to basically uh, save that one for him. Bell gets his best uh, plate track finish. Christopher Busher finished fourth, led the second most laps in the 500 yesterday. Alex Bowman started on pole and finished fifth. AJ Adderallmendinger sixth. Daniel Suarez seventh. Ryan Blaney eighth. Ross Chastain ninth. And Riley Herbst in his cup debut finished tenth. Um, other people to kind of look at here Travis Pastrana started dead last and finished 11th. Kevin Harvick, who caused a wreck during the race, ended up finishing 12th and was involved in one. Zane Smith, as I mentioned, uh, for the trucks also, he finished 13th. Cody Ware, 14th. Truex is uh, 15th. He caused the wreck that um, ended Bubba's day, basically. Three-time Daytona 500 winner Denny Hamlin finished 17th. Kyle Larson got hung out late. He was in a position possibly to go and race his buddy there and uh, finished 18th. Kyle Busch was leading late in this race as well, trying to get that elusive Daytona 500, and he will have to wait another year just like Martin Truex. And Brad Keselowski, who led the most laps in the race on Sunday with 42, six times or 42 laps, and one stage one in the process. So a tough deal for Brad. I think he really thought he was going to get that one, that elusive Daytona 500, but didn't happen. Uh, defending race winner Austin Sindrick, 23rd. Uh, we're going to go through here. Former 500 winner McDowell, 28th. Jimmy Johnson in his return finished 31st. Uh, bald spot Dylan, uh, 33rd, former winner of the race. And uh, Clyde finished 38th. Uh, the Guns N' Roses car with Eric, that Jones boy, finished 37th. And Tyler Reddick, 39th in his first race for 2311. So, yeah, I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, at the end of the day, he found the position where he put himself in position where when it counted, Josh, and it's now he's won three of the four like old school restrictor plate races. The only one he hasn't won is the uh, the playoff race in Talladega, which is basically the Winston 500 of yesteryear. Uh, that's the only one he hasn't won. Of course, Atlanta now theoretically can, is considered a uh, restrictor play drafting track too. So Ricky Stenhouse is now in the playoffs. He's got a free roll. Uh, if it goes to 19 winners, we'll see how he holds up like it did last year, but it is a, a winner that may have not been expected. There wasn't a whole lot of people outside of Ricky Stenhouse himself and JTG Doherty that were looking at him to get the W uh, from 31st position. But 
boy, uh, homeboy went and was able to hold on there on that last yellow. They they nailed the yellow light at the time, and he was leading over Joey Logano just by a few feet. And it's all that mattered. He's now a Daytona 500 champion, Josh. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, uh, Daytona 500 winner now. And, uh, you know, you talk about his restrictor plate racing, uh, you know, prowess over the years being able to you know back in the 17 car of course first career win came at talladega the win at daytona in 2017 um and then he of course you know won the the pole back in 2020 uh and had a good car that year 21 as well probably had a good car that year as um as well and just how you know how strong he's been on the, you know this type of racing and so you know with all that said it's actually kind of crazy to me that you know he ended up being uh plus i think 3000 were, were his odds i think that's what they were listing on on fox yesterday and um you know given all the, what he's been able to do over the years and how uh maybe he might not be like one of the absolute favorites like logano or hamlin but he's i think right up there with them now of course but or at least, you know, right behind them in terms of his ability on these tracks. And it's crazy how, how um, you know, low his odds were. But, you know, I, I think um, at the end of the day, when he's able to find his way to the front, you know, he knows how to uh, get the job done. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, being able to, um, you know, be there and survive uh, to, you know, be at the end of the, one of these deals at Talladega or at Daytona. So, um you know, he's been able to prove himself on the play tracks and, you know, now he's found himself in victory lane once again, uh, for only a third time in his career, but now he has a chance to go to the playoffs, uh, with the 47 team. And then not only that, but, um, they probably will get you know, more boost and more exposure throughout the year. And, you know, also, um, bigger purse now because they've made the playoffs, you know, and especially with the charter system. So, um, that's actually, you know, a pretty nice bonus, uh, at the end of the day for that team, uh, single car team. So um, as long as they continue to you know maintain their position throughout the end of the year, uh, should be uh, you know should be able to make the playoffs uh, for Stenhouse. And you know I think he uh, certainly you know especially with the way things are set up now uh, in the playoffs, you know I think uh, he at least has a decent shot to you know make it. You know, if, as making it as a, uh, you know, in the, the round of 16, at the very least, I think he can make it through that round and up to the round of 12. So that, that's um, assuming that he makes it, of course. But, you know, I think he could definitely um, qualify uh, for that. But uh, he also, you know, he was 20th, I think, at one point, you know, towards the end of the race. But they had a really good pit stop. You know, at the end uh, during green flag pit stops, and I think that really helped him uh, get to the front. And then you know made a move as well on the you know the first green white checkered. Um, they pushed Joey Logano all the way out past Kyle Busch, but then he made a move on the back stretch uh, to go and uh, take the lead. And um, that's what you had to do at the end of the day. It was uh, shuffle the Fords out. You had to make a quick move to the left. We saw it a couple of times towards the end of the race. Um, you know, AJ Allmendinger was able to get the Fords out of the way. Uh, Kyle Busch was able to get the Fords out of the way at the end. Um, and then you saw Stenhouse do it there uh, right before the last caution uh, that set up the final green-white checkered. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Fords, they were dominant throughout the race. Keselowski, um, you know, 
Stuart Haas, I mean, they didn't lead as much, but they were, you know, trying to help. Uh, Logano, um, Sindrick and Blaney weren't there as well, but they didn't really have an opportunity. But, uh, you know, Fords, they always team up really well at the plate tracks or the super speedways. Um, the other teams, they're a little bit more independently minded, I think, uh, and don't, you know, don't team up until, you know, they really have to. But the Fords, you know, they have the right idea, but um, they just, uh, for whatever reason, uh, all got eliminated at the end except for Logano. And, you know, now uh, he's second place while uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. celebrates his win at Waffle House. Uh, maybe he's copying Trevor Lawrence or something, so we'll have to see. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, it, I think he's a very – at the end of the day, I do think he's still a deserving winner, even if uh, the finish ended up being under caution, having to go go to review, which uh, was a rather quick review. There wasn't a whole lot of replay, but you know, it looks like Stenhouse was the winner. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty entertaining 500, um, and even though it was a lot of green flag racing, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, would I really see a lot of green flag stretches to you know kind of get it over with? And then also just because um, I prefer, you know, green racing over, you know, lots of crashing and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the when it comes to Daytona and super speedway racing, having that much green flag action, which was, like mentioned earlier, nearly, whatever, 90% of the race was the outside of the stage cautions. And one yellow, which was the... Uh, yellow that involved that was on lap 119 triggered by uh, kevin harvick and involved uh, reddick truex blaney clyde eric jones kyle bush larson and suarez but in some way shape or form of course uh the the jones elliot reddick were eliminated on the spot Uh, harvick was able to keep on going uh they would then Harvick was involved in the wreck in lap 183. That took out a bunch of Fords uh, along with three, two of his teammates. Drex was involved in that wreck as well. And uh, Keebler Gibbs and Jimmy Johnson along with McDell. And then um, the big one that really uh, precipitated the, the overtime finish or it was past overtime. It was in overtime anyway, uh, the lap uh, two, 204 incident that involved what is this um five thirteen cars so that was um that was thirteen cars and at that point there was thirty five cars i think still on the racetrack at that point so um so that's pretty bad there it i mean in the end yeah ricky stenhouse jtg doherty they usually put a lot of energy into these super speedway races they know that it's one of their opportunities stenhouse has been known for being good on super speedways very aggressive but he actually has he knows how to get around there it's his first race with mike kelly again as a crew chief for like the third or fourth time so it's uh interesting that the combination that at one time won two xfinity championships in a row uh back together now in the cup series for a second team because they put him back together at the 17 car, and it didn't go very well. Uh, now he's back at JTG Doherty, and they're more than likely going to make the playoffs, uh, unless it gets as, as random as it was last year. I mean, when you look at who could win, excuse me, that, that hasn't won before, I mean, other than Keebler and Gagson, you could go through all the other guys that won 
uh, prior to there was 15 winners prior to the uh, playoff starting and then three the whole entire first round was people who hadn't won a race last year uh, up to that point so that became 18 and then they ended with 19 winners at the end of the season so we'll see what happens with that Logano wanted that win there I think he would have been the first for I was just trying to think about it I think he would have been the first defending series champion to win the Daytona 500 since Dale Jarrett in the year 2000 uh because uh, Jimmy Johnson was the only one that came up but then he won the championship after winning the Daytona 500 both times he won it um those that's the only other instance where I can come up with um you know, for some of these other guys, I, I, you look at the Roush guys. I think that's one one thing. Standout teams and performances. I got to say, RFK last year they won both duels, but I don't think it really went as well on Sunday per se. This time they were very that duo of Keselowski and Busher was up there most of the day, making moves, and they led the most laps. I mean, seventy four of the races, two hundred twelve laps. So they had a they had a, a game plan and they were running up front, but it didn't work out there late. But Brad Keselowski, after another terrible performance at the Clash, going and coming to Daytona with good race cars, uh, is that? Do you think, Josh, that's a sign of things to come? I mean, they're still behind in terms of their flat track program, obviously. So Phoenix in a couple of weeks may not be so good. ACS is kind of in between because it's a rough surface, but I think their one and a half mile program started coming around. And even at Martinsville last October, they were kind of making a little progress. So it, it, is RFK now going to make that next step? Can Brad Keselowski break his uh, losing streak, win the streak? Can Chris Busher advance into the playoffs this year for the first time since he won his first career race back in 2016? I mean, it's an interesting point that you bring up there, and I think it's possible, but I wouldn't really base that thesis on the Daytona 500 alone. And that's partly because, well, last year, Keselowski led the most laps there. He led, you know, in, in last year's edition, he had led uh, 67 laps. This one, you know, he led 42, but then in this one also, Chris Buescher um, had a, a little bit more of the laps led share, of course, leading 32 laps uh, yesterday in the, the 500. So uh, it could be a sign of things to come, but I want to see, you know, what, how they perform, especially Keselowski more so than Busher, uh, how they perform uh, at auto club and Las Vegas and, you know, pretty much all the rest of the tracks, you know, the first, you know, 12 races of the schedule uh, minus Talladega, I think, and, and Atlanta, because, uh, you know, Keselowski wasn't really all that strong until maybe like uh, the last like quarter of the season last year. And I think Chris Buescher, you know, they uh, started to figure things out by, you know, the middle of May. And then, you know, they were competitive throughout the summer. Uh, and, you know, then they ended up winning at Bristol. So uh, in the fall. So I think for Chris Buescher, I think he's probably a, uh, I'm not going to say an outside chance uh, to make it into uh, the you know, the cup playoffs, but I think he should at least be a, con a strong consideration uh, for somebody uh, that could make it, you know, to the, or, you know, be in, in the initial 16 uh, car field uh, when they decide the playoffs, uh, you know, down in uh, August, at the end of August and September. So um, I think Busher's 
probably closer to being there than Keselowski. Uh, but I think, you know, as an organization, they probably still have a little bit way, ways to go until, you know, they can be considered on the level of their other Ford stable mates like Team Penske and Stuart Haas Racing. So a um, little bit more work to do, but I think they are on the, you know, up and up as far as, you know, being able to be considered a stronger team in NASCAR once again. Yeah, good points there. I mean, uh, for Brad, I think it's more about him. It's true what you said. He needs to go and move the team forward. There's a lot of aggro going on, I think, on the Roush part of it, same way as Mr. The King had a lot of aggro now that he doesn't have any day-to-day involvement uh, in the organization that is now called Legacy Motor Club. But the fact is, if Keselowski's move is going to make sense, uh, there has to be progress in this second year. It, it was a different time when Tony Stewart took over what became Stewart Haas Racing, and they only had him and Ryan Newman. It was the Gen 5 car. It was a much different uh, series than what we have now. So maybe I think it's exponentially more difficult to make up that deficit if you're that far behind. But Keselowski is a champion. He took this risk. In the end, there has to be a payoff. They're getting sponsors. I think they're also trying to look at the possibility of, you know, whether it's expansion or buying out a team. Like, I would assume that when it comes down to it with this whole charter system and the way things are, Rick Ware Racing and uh, the BJ McLeod team are probably the most likely. And then the Spire cars, those are the five like crappiest cars in that have charters essentially um i don't know if there's a website that actually shows the three-year uh because nobody ever talks about it uh that they show their performance year to year uh that would be something because that's something that back when they initially implemented the charter system if you weren't if you're in the bottom three for three years or something, I don't know if it was three years in a row, or for three years in general, something in a three out of five, then you'd lose the charter. So I don't know how the hell Rick Ware still has charters, and I don't know how Spire still has charters. I mean, what is it, Ty Dillon blew up 30 laps into the race yesterday, I think, or whatever, 26 laps into the race. How the hell do they have two charters? I mean, Junior could go and take that car, That what is the 77, they could take that charter and do something with it. You know, there there's people that actually want to expand, and 2311 wants to expand. You have Roush RFK wants to expand. Uh, there's there's other organizations that could do a better job with those charters than some of the teams that have them. But I mean, it's neither here nor there. I guess early in the season, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, I mean, uh, the three of the guys that were in the final four finished in the top ten: Logano and Bell second and third. Ross Chastain finished ninth and won a and uh, yeah he won a stage. So uh, that that was um, good start for all of them. Of course, Clyde uh, didn't wasn't so lucky. The Daytona 500 hasn't exactly worked out too well for him in his career so far. Uh, but who knows? He is a Hendrick driver. He did have a fast car on Thursday. Once he was the non only non Hendrick car. Uh, or only Hendrick R that wasn't a part of that whole qualifying deal. We saw Alex Bowman get on the front row six consecutive years and win his third pole for the Daytona 500 uh, in his first race with new crew chief Blake Harris, a.k.a. Um, the husband of Caitlin Vincy. Um, 
also known as one of the luckiest men on the planet. Um, but yeah, they go and do that. Almendinger uh, gets a top 10 finish, uh, which is, I mean, good for him. He's done well in this 500 before driving for Petty and a couple other organizations. And I mean, Herbst, for as terrible as he is, he uh, literally and figuratively based on his family's uh, business, uh, gets a top 10 finish in his first career race. We'll see how many other more races he'll be running. Outventure, they already said that uh, Todd Gillen's going to run four races in that car uh, to make up for the races that he loses uh, to Zane Smith. Pastrana, he said this is going to be one and done, so credit to him to finish 11th in what he says is going to be his only cup start. Uh, Zane Smith, I mentioned earlier, 13th. Sign of things to come, I figure, for him, if you're outside of the Penske organization, which, I mean, unless they decide to put him in the 21 car, I think Stuart Haas is definitely um, looking at him with the kind of, with the situation they have. They only have one guy locked down for sure. I don't care what Eric Almirola's contract is. If Smithfield decides that they want to sponsor somebody else and they like Zane Smith, they'll cut Eric Almirola a check and say, hey, buddy, we love you. You did a great job for us all these years, brought us into sport, but we're going to go with the future here. And the number one Ford prospect is the future, uh, along with Chase Briscoe and uh, Gumby and Blaney and whatever. Uh, That's Stuart Haas is going to be one to watch this year in terms of the free agency. Some of these moves that were made this weekend with signing both guys signed back at track house, which isn't shocking. Uh, Bell is still a free agent. There are some other players out there. You got Martin Truex may not be back, may quit, you know, so there's, that's a possibility. I think one other piece uh, before we move on, I mean, we have to go through our uh, go through the picks that we made uh, last week for the 500. Uh, I tried to take pictures of all my bets, but I did had like other information. I didn't really want to do that. But um, yeah, let's see. I picked Kyle Bush to win and Bubba as a wild card. I picked Bowman to qualify on and both of us picked Bowman to qualify on pole. We're off on our outside pick. I completely whiffed on my uh, cars going out, not making the race. Uh, we were both wrong on those. Uh, you picked, um, was it Bowman? Yeah, you picked YRB to win the race here. And then I was like doubling down with YRB. I didn't follow up with the Kyle Bush pick yesterday when I was making my uh, Gagson wild card. And then the Tate Fogelman uh, algorithm spit out Corey LaJoy, who had a great truck on Friday, uh, fell just a little short there. But I think Kyle Busch, the way he ran uh, yesterday, it's probably one of his best performances in the Daytona 500 in his entire career. And he was right there. There's, It looked like he was going to win the race when him and Dylan were working together. Once Dylan got sent, same way as with Busher and, and Keselowski, once they lost their teammate, it basically went away for Kyle, but I think it k- keeps on feeding into the narrative of Kyle Bush is wanting to prove everybody wrong and wanting to do something that you know, he hasn't won a lot of races recently. You know, ever since Adam Stevens and him broke up as a combination, he hasn't really been the same Kyle Bush. 
Now he's with the as his family basically said he has the two kids. Brexton's racing. He's now downsized his truck organization. But he looks like Kyle, he looks like what Kyle Bush for most of his career yesterday. And he's not known as a great restrictor plate racer, but you put him in an RCR car, give him Randall Burnett and that whole crew that won three races and was basically the team that worked with uh, Tyler Reddick. And now you're giving a guy who's really hungry. He is someone, it, it could get really crazy. It's got vibes of 2008 to me with, with, Kyle Busch when he moved from Hendrick to Joe Gibbs and they had moved to Toyota and he won out of eight races that year but then the playoffs went to hell for him it has similar vibes in that he's going to win a lot of races I don't know what you're thinking Josh but it just to me the way he is the way he's handling things the way he's kind of work walking around de- these deals and it seems like Kyle Busch is back and it's going to be a problem for a lot of people yeah, I mean, I can I can agree with you on there, and you know, to be honest, for you know, for my sake, you know, at the end when Keselowski had the lead and Busher was pushing him, and then Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon uh, were third and fourth. I was honestly wanting to see Kyle Busch win the race, and you know, it's interesting because you know, for years I've been uh, you know kind of a Brad fan in a way uh more so when he was on junior motorsports back in the xfinity days and in the first couple of years of his cup career but um i feel like just the fact that the fords like the entirety of ford was like dedicated to getting one of the fords a win and you know whoever was up in front and that ended up being even though they weren't teamed up as a ford train at that time like uh i didn't really want to see a ford win the race and keselowski you know with keselowski so um i was actually wanting to see kyle bush uh crazy enough i don't not really a kyle bush fan but wanted to see if he could try to make a move to see if you know he could get up into the lead and um damn near had it and i think you know they had the right strategy on the first uh green white checkered restart to you know start side by side so that both rcr cars could uh control their lanes on the restart and then bush would you know drive down and uh pick up uh austin dillon so uh yeah i think I think that probably would have worked, but then they just got separated on the you know on the restart there, and um, you know once once they got separated, it was going to be hard for them to get back together and maintain position because you know the other you know two lanes you know, with uh, Stenhouse and Joey Logano had had a huge run uh, coming off of turn two, uh, and they were able to you know steal it back from Bush and and Austin Dillon there. But you know, as far as my picks. Um, I mean, I picked Ryan Blaney, but I think I don't know. I I was going by the odds and is you know going by going by what you know I had seen from Blaney at restrictor plate tracks, super speedways, you know, over the years, and um, he just wasn't really competitive to be honest. Even before the the crash that he was in, he was kind of like tier you know back in the middle middle of the pack, and just never really got up into or you know really cracked the top ten really. And um, the only time really I think they you know even had anything of note on him was uh you know the coming to i think the end of stage two or stage one uh aj almendinger put a block on the field trying to stay on the lead lap or was stay first car lap down and i think him and and ryan blaney made contact uh, a little bit and they did not crash but you know other than that blaney wasn't really 
you know, up towards the, the front of the field and, you know, really until his crash and probably might have been able to save it, but just overcorrected a little bit, which, you know, it's it's hard to save a car in these uh, next-gen cars too, you know, with the way the, the steering rack and pinion uh, system works and everything. And it's a little bit different than the old style that we had before um, 2022. So, you know, it's uh, kind of tough for, you know, if you're someone who likes Ryan Blaney or Ryan Blaney fan. So, um have to try again next year of course they you know ended up making it all the way back until lean lap but i mean i feel like you know they were just a that finish being an eighth was really just a product of you know being able to make it through the damage and uh, make it through all the crashes that happened on the, you know leading up onto the last lap so they were able to benefit from that but they did not have any speed or anything after they took damage uh, and you saw how their car was handling the fact that they had a tire come apart like like it did uh you know after their accident so it tells you you know how critical it is to you know have a, a good functioning car especially at daytona but that's how it went um then of course noah gregson uh i thought maybe he might be a wild card you know, with the way he has been on plate tracks the way he's been uh in the 62 the last couple of years uh but just wasn't really there uh at, at any point during the race um so i was kind of a miss on that one but then the lajoy one i felt like that was a good pick you know based on what i was able to research you know i mean besides the fact that the algorithm picked it i mean i was doing some research and i was like well let's go with coley corey lajoy there and i was able to pick that one and you know for a bit i mean he was up there uh you know in the top 10 for a bit uh but ultimately you know corey lajoy uh didn't make it into the top 10 so you know didn't didn't get the finish that I was hoping to see there, but, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, I, I mean, picks on paper were good, but, you know, just, uh, not the right picks of course, but the, uh, qualifying picks, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I think you probably could have bet on Alex Bowman. I should have bet on Alex Bowman to win the poll. Uh, cause that, I mean, that's easy money right there. I saw a post on social media. I think somebody bet like, I don't know, like $250 or something. And they got like a couple thousand because, uh, I forgot his odds or whatever, but or no, they bet like twenty bucks, I think, and and they got two fifty from it. That's what it was. So that's a pretty decent return there for you know a guy that. And surprisingly enough, I thought his odds were a little low for the fact that he you know been on the front row the last six years and everything. So a uh, little bit surprising there, but probably a surefire pick as any in NASCAR that you'll get to make uh, there. And then um, Hamlin. Um, you know, didn't make it onto the front row, but, uh, yeah, it was just a little bit off on speed, I think, on the Toyotas overall. But, yeah, just a, a good good picks overall, I think. You know, Larson, of course, the other Hendrick car on on uh, front row, which not surprising there. Uh, and then, you know, my uh, picks to go home, Zane Smith. Um, I mean, they ultimately, they ended up making in the other Smith, Chandler Smith. You know, was off the pace pretty early and didn't make it in. Uh, Connor Daly. Um, should not have made it into that race, but he was just a benefactor of, you know, the crashing that happened late on, you know, late on into the cra the, the clash. So, or the, not the clash, but the duels, um, obviously Austin Hill took damage there and, uh, probably would have made it in if it weren't for that accident, um, in the duels at the end. So of the second duel. So, 
if it weren't for that, then we wouldn't be speaking about Connor Daly making it into the field. But, you know, he made it into the field and was pretty much a non-factor the entire race. They just didn't have speed. And I think is you know, evident with how their car was handling on Thursday that even if they did qualify their way in, which they did, they really weren't going to be any factor at all. So, you know, they still have the, you know, the money team racing still uh, has a lot to, um, you know, improve on to, you know, in their limited schedule or whatever schedule that they have that, they can even prove to be at least somewhat competent or competitive. So um, just on the fact that car is bouncing up and down on a track that shouldn't even see that kind of stuff because um, the pavement isn't even really worn out, um, you know, kind of crazy. You see a car jumping up and down like that on a super speedway with like Connor Daly's did. So, you know, Daly made it into the race, of course, uh, and qualified in. So, hey, good for him. Made the Daytona 500, and you know, only one of 62 drivers to make it into the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500. So, uh, that's a pretty pretty good field to be in, uh, regardless. So, yeah, I mean, the picks, I mean, we, we had them. I think some ways we were probably right, and then other ways maybe a little off. So, and it, it is what it is, and, you know, later on we'll make the picks for Auto Club, uh, and everything, and hopefully those picks will be a little bit more normal sounding uh, at the end of the day on Sunday. But we'll have to see. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to Daytona, it's a wild card. Same way as when we get into Day Talladega, and I guess to to a lesser extent, Atlanta. I mean, the money that I won yesterday, the bets I made, I mean, we went over the ones over listed over here on our page, but the only bets I won yesterday were the ones that I put in for on FanDuel. They had like a five driver pick them and you pick whoever's going to finish the highest. That's the only ones I won on uh, Joey Logano. If it were for a few feet or a couple tenths of a second, that would have paid out. I know you mentioned about Ford not win- winning the race or not winning the race. That would have actually got me a few bucks back there. Uh, I had picked Harrison Burton and Corey LaJoy to finish in the top 10. Corey LaJoy was moving up easily early in the race and then kind of went away. There was a odds boost of any two of Clyde, Blaney, and Hamlin to finish in the top five when you consider that Blaney has finished second in this race twice. Denny Hamlin's a three-time winner. Clyde is generally able to do well on super speedways, more at Talladega. Um, I figured that wasn't a bad one, but didn't come off. Blaney, we mentioned his issues and Burton. I took Jimmy Johnson. It was a nice number. I figured, hey, what's the difference? You know, let's see if he can go out there. I mean, Burton's number was really good at 65 to 1. Uh, Bobo was at 18 to 1, which I thought was pretty crazy. But um, so, I mean, so I bet Blaney as well at 12 to 1. And of course, Briscoe at 40. But he had the lead early in the race, or he got up there after that first pit stop sequence because he had pitted with the Toyotas, and he was able to cycle around. And the Stuart Oscars had a lot of speed, but just didn't have it all together when it mattered. Uh, The 41 car, I think, was the 10 and the 41 were just a cut above, I think. Uh, Kevin Harvick, I think, was biding his time, but things didn't work out for him there. So we'll move on to uh, uh, California, ACS, whatever. Uh, this uh, coming weekend for the Cup Series. Uh, we'll get into the Xfinity Series race, the Beef It's What's for Dinner 300, uh, which saw which saw um, Austin Hill become a repeat winner at uh, Daytona. 
in a in an Xfinity car. That's three wins at Daytona since he's won a truck race there as well when he was driving for a Tory. John Hunter Nemechek finishes second. Justin Allgaier finishes third. Hill and Allgaier won the stages. Uh, they went five extra laps. Uh, so three under 12.5 miles was the total distance. Parker Retzlaff driving the 31 for Jordan Anderson gets a top five finish. The former driver of that car, Myatt Snyder, finished fifth in a Joe Gibbs number 19. Riley Herbst actually finished sixth. So two top 10 finishes for Riley Herbst. That's something. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. finished eighth uh, or seventh. Ryan Sieg, eighth. Cole Custer, ninth. And Justin Haley, tenth. Uh, so four Fords there, all Stuart Haas connected in some way, shape, or form. Uh, finished up there. You look at some of these other people that are that have led a lot of laps. So Josh Berry led 17 laps. Uh, Sam Mayer led 14, but they were in, I mean, Mayer caused a couple of incidents. Uh, Sheldon Creed got wrecked early in the race there. He led five laps. Hemrick got wrecked uh, 19 laps into the race. So a year ago, he had won the pole, won the first two stages, and then disappeared. And then this year, uh, because of uh, Sam Mayer, uh, got taken out, and uh, him and Blaine Perkins didn't have a chance to even compete, really. Um, there are some guys I think that probably, I mean, Jeffrey Earnhardt, of course, had a lot of aggro towards uh, Parker Kligerman, who started second in this race. Um, they were kind of going after it, and his stupid spotter, um, Earnhardt's stupid spotter, was going off on Twitter. But that's besides the point, I guess. Uh, Austin Hill gets the win. Not shocking. RCR always brings good cars to Daytona. And Allgaier, they're the two dominant figures in this race. Uh, the junior motorsports cars, three of the four were up there doing work at times. Uh, the only one that really wasn't a factor was, of course, Brockshot Jones. But he finished. So in terms of the championship, I don't think it is a whole is going to make much of a difference. I mean, I think it's something where Austin Hill has good momentum. And John Hunter Nemechek getting out of Daytona with good points is a good start for him in his chase for an Xfinity title. He fell short of that truck title two years ago in the final race. Uh, he has a the momentum. They're the lead team at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. They want to win that championship there, but of course they're outnumbered because of the number of competitive Toyota vehicles versus Chevys and Fords. I mean, Sammy Smith ended up finishing 19th, so a little struggle for him there. Just wasn't in the right place at the right time. I mean, at the end of the day, there was 26 cars on the lead lap, so you're kind of um, you're kind of SOL in that sense if things happen to you. But three three legitimate championship contenders are in the top three, Josh, and then you have you start kind of going down the list a little bit. Cole Custer getting a top 10 finish to start the year. Chandler Smith going and finishing 12th mentioned Bruckshot who finished 14th. So those are some of the guys I think we're going to look at as people that could compete for this championship. Sheldon Creed um, now has a big deficit to make up early in the season along with Daniel Hemrick. Uh, but we'll see what happens at ACS for them. But Austin Hill now a three-time Daytona winner uh, in speed weeks time. Yeah, of course. I mean, Austin Hill, he's been pretty good on the super speedways so far in his Xfinity career. So it's no surprise, really, that, you know, he was up there uh, competing for the win. Um, 
on Saturday in, in the Xfinity series. And, um, he just knows how to stay up front. Um, despite, you know, being, you know, in with RCR, uh, I mean, they've been pretty good on the super speedways for a number of years in Xfinity. So they know how to stay up front. So it's not surprising at all, but, um, you know, on the other hand, junior motorsports, I mean, and, you know, at one point towards the end of the race, they were all aligned, uh, you know, all four of their cars aligned together. And then you know, a couple of laps ago, Justin Algar, uh, makes a move and undercuts Josh Berry to, you know, take away second, uh, which ended up not working out. And then slowly they actually eliminated themselves, which, um, you know, I thought was a little interesting how that, you know, played out and, and ended up eliminating Brandon Jones out of that. And then later on, um, uh, Al Geyer and, uh, Sam Mayer, they couldn't stay together on the last lap. And then that allowed, uh, Austin Hill back into it along with John Hunter Nemechek and then led to the last lap incident with Mayer getting flipped onto his roof there. So, uh, junior motorsports, you know, for, you know, Dale Jr. being, you know, the master or one of the masters at super speedway racing, kind of disappointing, uh, the way that they played out, uh, at end of the race, um, poorly executed, I think on their part. Uh, and then of course, Josh Berry as well, running out of fuel, uh, to end the race, uh, and, and actually was in sight of the leaders. I think if you look at the replay, he was within, um, a, a second or two of the leaders, uh, coming, you know, on the last lap. So, um, you know, Sam Mayer could have been a little bit, just a little bit more patient, you know, could have, instead of trying to block, uh, could have picked up Josh Berry or something and used him as a pick potentially. So, um, you know, got to think about that a little bit there and sure, you know, Dale Jr. Looking at the tape, probably want to have a talk with his drivers and crew chiefs on, you know, what they, uh, should do to try to win Daytona next time. Um, so, They'll have to go back to the drawing board there, but you know the other, you know the other drivers like um, John Hernemichek, uh, great start for him, and of course you talk about who the contenders are uh, this year in Xfinity. I think he's definitely going to be one of them. Um, you know the rest of them, uh, Cole Custer, you know, let a, let a lap, uh, so he probably, I mean, uh, you know, coming off being demoted back to the Xfinity series, um, expect him to still be a contender uh, there. Uh, you know, Josh Berry, of course, mentioned him already running out of gas and everything. So I still think, you know, he's going to be obviously a con uh, contender, but um, maybe not on the restrictor play tracks on the Xfinity series. Uh, Sheldon Creed, you know, expect a lot out of him this year. Uh, ended up, you know, getting eliminated early on to the crash. Uh, same thing with Hemrick, of course, won the championship a couple of years ago, uh, getting eliminated pretty early on lap 20 and a crash there. So, um, yeah, some of yeah these uh, drivers here uh, kind of having mixed results. Chandler Smith, rookie in the series now, uh, I mean, finished 12th, uh, so um, didn't really do too much in this race. Um, so, yeah, some of the drivers, and of course, Augur finishing third, still, even though he probably should have won or, you know, been up there. Um, yeah, so definitely a lot of these contenders had mixed results. I think yet yeah, at least two of who are expected to be the top contenders in the series uh, finish in the top three. And then some of the other guys that I'm you know, expecting have pretty big years or at least have, you know, significant impact on the series um, had mixed results. But, uh, I mean, this race was uh, probably about, you know, in terms of in terms of cautions, um, uh I mean, there was a, a lot of incidents throughout the race, um, but I mean, it wasn't too, uh, you know, too much in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, crashing is more just of spins and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, you still had 
stretches of green flag runs uh, towards you know towards the end uh, of the race and everything. So there's still that. Um, Justin Algar, of course, mentioned him a, a bit now, but uh, did end up, I guess, in the technically what was the big one uh, in the middle. You know, after stage one, um, got spun out and everything, but still recovered and you know still managed to finish uh, up in in the top five and third place. So still recovery from that. But you know, on the other hand. Um, I mean, was, I guess when you look at the incident count, um, considering the, like what actually happened, uh, in those incidents, fairly clean race. So, um, yeah, I mean, they just have to figure out a way to finish, uh, under green in one of these events. Uh, cause yeah, none of them finished under green at all. So, uh, just have to be able to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, overall, a pretty solid race, uh, in the Xfinity series of this weekend at Daytona. Yeah, and I mean, like we talked about with the Cup Series, uh, this race at ACS coming up this weekend is going to be a better read on what to expect over the long haul for their series and the likes of Josh Berry, the Junior Motorsports crew. You have the SHR team with Custer, who's the defending race winner, and then the Toyotas and uh, the 20 car specifically but i think sammy smith somebody who's gonna pick up he's gonna because he has the support and sponsorship but he has a driving ability too he's gonna be somebody that's gonna be a sneaky guy to look at as the season goes on there amongst others um in terms of xfinity like we um you picked all guy or josh i picked kligerman so that was a whiff um balding was your wild card clemens was mine he kind of wasn't anywhere this weekend, which was shocking. And then uh, Cold Custard was the um, Tate Fogelman algorithm pick. Uh, So unfortunate, but hey, I think Allgaier was up there. You had Kligerman had a fast car. Cold Custard was up there. It wasn't a real factor. So be it. Uh, The truck series race, as mentioned earlier, was basically a stop-start cluster and uh, didn't really have much anything zane smith won it the next era energy 250 they only ran 79 of the scheduled 100 laps oh so oh wow they're gonna bring back oh that's interesting there you go uh, tyson will be the sponsor of uh at uh north wilkesboro for the truck race so that'll be a cool uh connection there uh for the old tyson they used to have the tyson holly farms 400 for many years there um, the Craftsman Truck Series opener, of course, great to see Craftsman back in the sponsoring the Truck Series. Zane Smith gets the win over Tanner Gray, Christian Eckes, Colby Howard. I think that has to be his best finish of his career, driving for Robaw. Enfinger fifth, Ty Majeski sixth, Tyler Ankrum seventh, uh, Corey Heim eighth, Matt Craft in ninth, and William Clyde Elliott the second. Finishing 10th, running for Jake Garcia, who will be uh, 18 in time to run at Las Vegas here in a couple weeks' time. Or he turned, he's going to be turning 18 this week, so happy birthday to him there. Uh, there's two Jason Whites in this race, so there's a Jason, uh, what is it, Jason A. White, who used to be the one who drove the gun broker uh, car or truck for years, and then the Canadian one, Jason M., White drove for Rayum and uh, finished 21st. Uh, trying to go through here, the the Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks 
a two two truck of Nick Sanchez started on pole, uh, ended up uh, losing track position later in the day, along with Jack Wood, his teammate, uh, who started third. The what do you call? Uh, trying to look for the other one. Chase Purdy started tenth. He had a cut down tire, or else it might have been a one two three for the uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks. They were up there, uh, led uh, twenty two laps of the race so i mean they they made their presence felt there Corey lajoy mentioned he was up or he led 19 laps my fault nick sanchez didn't even lead a lap or jack wood um i was mixing it up with other people Corey lajoy led 19 laps in this race and had a piece that could have uh won i think him and eckes tied for the most laps led zane smith led 17 tyler ankrum led 15 and looked like he had a chance to be to join uh you know, what's it called uh, uh, I think it uh, that um, idiot stick uh, who drove for uh, what's it called? Um, I'm forgetting a uh, Brett Moffat. I think Brett Moffat won for that 16 truck at Daytona. I might be wrong, but I'll go and check here in a minute. But I know Austin Hill did. Uh, so he that was one of the best runs that Tyler Ankrum's had in a long, long time. He won a stage. Eckes won first stage and Ankrum second. But Zane Smith getting the win giving himself uh, a nice start to uh, his defense of the truck series championship, Josh, uh, with another win at Daytona. Yeah, of course. And yeah, this, you know, this race, um, really hard to, to follow this one too, because, you know, of the constant stop and start with the rain, uh, you know, started out with the rain and then, uh, you know, a couple laps later, more rain, and then, you know, at the end, we had rain again, and that ended up being the demise of the race, but, uh, yeah, Ch- not Chandler Smith, but Zane Smith uh, defends, starts off his title defense uh, by winning, and, you know, won this race a year ago uh, in Daytona, and now wins again, so could be the start of a second championship run, uh, considering, you know, everything he's uh, been able to do so far in the truck series. So uh, this time around, he gets it by rain, kind of wins by default. So really uh, tough to tell to see what people had there in that race to be able to win. Uh, but, you know, he was able to be in front at the right time uh, to get that win. So um, not really uh, too surprising there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was opportunities for other drivers. Um, Corey LaJoy, I think, in specific, you know, I think they – Use strategy to you know get up into the lead, and they did a good job, I think, for the most part until you know finally at you know towards the end before the final rain caution, they got shuffled out of the lead uh, and ended up you know finishing in twenty uh, third. So uh, kind of a disappointing uh, end to their race after you know the type of effort that you know he put in uh, throughout the event. Um, so of course you know it's just a one off, so it doesn't really mean anything. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, it would have been nice to see it for him to get a win in the top three series. But, you know, I think kind of like we were talking about in the Xfinity series, you know, the same guys that we kind of expect to be there uh, throughout the year, finished, you know, in the top 10. Of course, you know, Zane Smith, of course, winning the race. I think, you know, Christian Eckes has uh, a chance to, you know, in the number 19, I think he has a chance to be something uh, in that in that series. And, um, you know, he, I think... You know, he could be end up being successful uh, there in that ride. Uh, Grant Infinger, you know, of course, he's you know been around for many years. Uh, definitely think you know he could um, have a chance to you know be uh, competitive uh, throughout the year, of course. And number twenty three, Ty Mc, 
my Ty Majeski, Tyler Ingram, you know, they've been pretty competitive. Corey Heim uh, on the rise, Matt Crafton, you know, still there as a veteran. Ben Rhodes uh, in eleventh as well. So and Carson Hosevar in in twelfth. So a lot of the you know top twelve uh, in this in this series um, definitely had uh, opportunities to you know lead and you know or you know just be up front and you know they were able to do that. So uh, yeah, in truck series there's a no, it doesn't seem as competitive as uh, the Cup series, but there are definitely a lot of names here that. You know, when they you look at the finishes, they've you know been pretty consistent in the top ten for a lot of it. So this finishing order here in the truck series may be actually reflective of the end of the year standings and um, you know the average finishes for everybody throughout the year. So um, interesting when you look at it that way. But yeah, I think really the story of this race was just the rain. Uh, of course, difficult start and everything, and then canceled the end of the race. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. The fans had to go through it, but on the other hand, uh, at least there wasn't any other rain that it took place throughout the rest of the weekend, and that was the only instance of it. So, uh, glad that that was the only race that got affected by weather. But you know, on the other hand, uh, would have liked to see no weather throughout the weekend and actually get in some racing in the truck series. But you know, for the most part, uh, the racing was fine. Um, you know, you can probably make an argument that it was the best racing of all three series uh, that weekend uh, when they actually could race. But, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think all of them had pretty good action when you consider um, how they played out. So, yeah, I mean, the truck series, uh, we'll see how they do their next race uh, whenever that is because truck series seems to be more inconsistent. Well, they're, yeah, in a couple weeks, they'll be in Las Vegas. So we'll get to see them for another couple weeks. So, um truck series um you know i think we'll see we'll see how they do uh throughout the year but yeah zane smith begins his early title defense exactly how he started off his first title yep absolutely and uh somebody you to look at we i was mentioned earlier for who might be in line to be a cup driver here next year i would think that he is definitely in in the mix for that opportunity uh with some ford team uh whichever one it may be. So it'll be something to look at as we move forward as the season goes on. So yeah, picks review. We'll go through that before we move forward. Um, I mean, yeah, the KBM trucks were fast and I'm, I'm surprised. I don't think they usually um, show out in qualifying, but Hey, first time with the Chevy's Chevy bodies and they were able to do that. But I think the inexperience showed there when it counted for those guys relative to some of the more veteran talent that they've had prior. Um, we'll see at Vegas how that all works out, especially since one Kyle Busch will be driving uh, his own 51 truck at Vegas in a couple weeks' time. The picks, let's see. So I had picked Brett Holmes to win and Corey LaJoy's wild card. That doesn't seem so bad, uh, the wild card pick. Holmes was kind of non-existent. Even though he's won at Daytona or Talladega or whatever before, William Clyde Elliott, good pick by Josh. Uh, I think he got strung out there late, but those McAnally trucks were really fast. Pastrana had a solid weekend, to be fair. I'm getting two top 15 finishes. Um, He did say he's not going to run any more cup races, but if Cody Efaw goes and calls him to go and run a truck race, then he'll 
he'll probably take that opportunity. Uh, fellow fellow driver at Nice Motorsports, Lawless Allen, was the Tate Fogelman algorithm pick. Unfortunately, uh, he showed us why he is Lawless Allen. Um, he was non-existent. So that is that. I mean, Xfinity and Cup of we will be at uh, California ACS here uh, next uh, this coming week. Or was it? You got Denny Hamlin on uh, on uh, Motorsport.com saying that messed up pitch strategy uh, cost him the Daytona 500 shot. Interesting. Um, in terms of IndyCar. And Formula One, well, Formula One will be testing this week, as I mentioned, uh, you know, for three days. The only uh, test they will have prior to the opening round of the 2023 season, they've made changes to the cars in terms of raising the cars 15 millimeters to prevent a reduced porpoising. And then there's Red Bull cost cap breach, which they don't, I don't think they really handled that well, but to be determined in all that sense. Ferrari did show their car uh, in full and ran it at Fiorano, a lot more black on the car, but then they have the old school Ferrari lettering on the wing, rear wing. Um, That'll be this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They'll run for, uh, what is it, for seven and a half plus nine and a half hours each day. So that will be... Uh, the only testing, at least with a group testing for the whole season, they'll be running at uh, at uh, Bahrain, and then they'll, of course, open the season there. They still haven't posted who's going to be driving for which car as of yet, but if you wanted to find that out, uh, definitely get in on motorsport.com to check that out. Uh, I'm trying to see what else. In terms of Formula One, the tickets for Miami are available. If you have enough money to sell an organ, uh, Honda reliability fix will open up strategic options. Okay. Well, they didn't really have that much of a reliability issue after the first couple of races of the season. Anyway, they should have had more been more interesting. Uh, Lance Stroll, uh, had a bike accident and so he'll be out of the preseason test and we'll see how that affects him relative to, uh, his new teammate, Fred Alonzo. And all these teams, uh, or some of them showed their cars, some of them haven't, as I mentioned, to be determined how what they'll bring out at Bahrain. But we'll definitely bring it up next week. Uh, the GSP, how it all went um, in terms of IndyCar, and they're talking about the 100 Days to Indy docuseries. Uh, last week, Tony Kanaan said that he would retire from IndyCar after the the Indianapolis 500 this year and we'll believe it when we see it <laughs> absolutely it's exactly what i was thinking and that was exactly what i was going to say so good call on that josh um because i don't think he's ever going away he's 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 like brett favor except he actually is likable and he has had a a great career and uh, indianapolis he's a specialist there it goes back to the old days of Al Unser Sr. and Gordon Johncock and Johnny Rutherford would always show up at Indy and run, you know, a one-off. Well, Tony Kanaan, I think, will probably keep on doing that for until the end of time. Uh, yeah, they were talking also about the Detroit Grand Prix venue, which is back in the city itself proper. 
So that looks like there's going to be a lot of um, good viewing areas, it says, based on what they're reporting on uh, on motorsport.com. Nick Cassidy tested for Ganassi this past uh, week. And um, in terms of testing times, uh, the Andretti team was pretty fast at Sebring, but also Pato Award uh, was uh, up there in terms of speed. So something to look at for as we lead up to St. Pete, which we will preview next week on the GSP uh, first race of the IndyCar season. And then they'll take a month off between that race and or 26 days. So it's not a full month, but three and a half weeks between uh, St. Pete and the Texas weekend at that dump. Uh, anything else that you wanted to, that you saw out there in regards to the news in terms of IndyCar F1, Josh, as uh, we no, lead I mean, into the run of- Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's been any real news lately in IndyCar. I mean, F1, I mean, I think everybody's getting back into the swing of things uh, there. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see, you know, once, once they, you know, have preseason testing, I think we'll have a better idea of, um, you know, who's got, improvements next year or for this year and you know, who might be a good a good pick to watch this year in terms of uh teams but i think you know right now everybody's just trying to get their cars out and make their you know unveilings and everything and on that side indycar haven't really other than what you mentioned hasn't really been much since their testing a couple of weeks ago so um yeah a little bit light on that front but you know it's not that far away before the Either of those series will be back underway, so we'll have to wait too long to, you know, get really too deep into it for sure. Yep, um, yep, that's for sure. And we will give you a full preview of the 2023 IndyCar series next week on the GSP. Go through the whole field. 27 full-time cars uh, racing this year, so that's the deepest field in a long, long time. Uh, even with all the other financial stuff that's going on within IndyCar racing. Um, So that'll be something to see the competitiveness and the qualifying at these road courses, uh, how that'll all work out. It's time for the GSP roundup here, and we will first start with the Formula E World Championship. Uh, They have had a busy start to their season. This is going to be the last race of that swing prior to a big-time slowdown, really. Um, they'll run after running at South Africa and Cape Town this coming weekend. They'll take a month off prior going to Brazil, and then it'll be another month before they run their Berlin doubleheader. So it's things are going to slow down really in, in a, a big way. Pascal Verline, off of two wins, a second and a fourth, leads the championship by 18 over Jake Dennis, who had a non-point score at in, in India. Last uh, time out, to a win in two seconds for him. Jean-Eric Verne won the Indian E-Prix to vault himself up into a tie with Sebastian Buemi in third, two former champions of the series, of course. Um, Nick Cassidy is fifth, tied with uh, Sam Bird, his teammate, or no, not teammate, but their corporate teammates in a sense because of uh, being Jaguar-powered. Uh, Jake Hughes, seventh of... Burden Hughes uh, got into it at in India, and neither of them scored. Uh, Rene Rast, eighth. Antonio Felix da Costa, ninth. And Luca de Grassi, tenth for the Mahindra team. 
So we'll see what happens there at in South Africa. The Porsche factory team is up by 20, 24 points over the Andretti Autosport uh, team, which has Porsche power as well. Envision Racing is powered by Jaguar, and they lead their factory uh, outfit by 17 points. McLaren is got 53 points. Of course, they're basically what was left of the Mercedes Formula E team, but now they're run by McLaren and have Nissan power. The Nissan team is struggling this year. The I forget what Maserati racing was called prior to uh, their going and changing over, but you know, they used to be, they were, um, now it's a team that, what's her name, uh, Susie Wolf was the team principal for prior to their rebadge here. Uh, struggling right now as well, along with Team Apt, which is the other Mahindra team, uh, hasn't scored yet. You'll see if some of those things change. We'll go over that next week in the roundup. Uh, there was an unveil for the Monster Energy Ford team of Tickford Racing for Cam Waters, the Monster Energy Mustang, the brand new uh, Gen 3 Mustang. It looks awesome. A great looking car. We'll see how fast it is. Um, there's been issues with the BOP or whatever they call it in terms of trying to balance out the cars, both the Mustang and the Chevy Camaro. But it's a good looking piece for sure. This Mustang and Gen 3 car for the uh, Tickford Racing and the Camaro in uh, the Red Bull trim was debuted a few days ago as well. So we're seeing a lot of them coming fast and furious now and uh we'll definitely get into it here in the next few weeks um let's see here so the world superbike championship getting into it you know last year alvaro bautista returning to ducati goes and wins the world championship ends up beating toprak raskat lioku the defending world champion uh, by 72 points and multi-time champion Johnny Ray by 99. So they will uh, race at Phillip Island this weekend, and then they will race at Mandalika the following weekend, and then they will have a long gap between that race and running in Assen in the middle, late April. So that's great scheduling. Uh, as it stands this year, it's a 23-rider um, entry list for... Um, What's it called here? It says Petergini, uh, World Superbike, who has announced the field solo for Isaac Vinales. All right, so there you go. So that's what it is. Um, Petergini as part of uh, his old Vinales Racing. So there will be one. Yamaha has six bikes this year. Uh, Ducati has five. Honda and BMW have four. Well, he said they said that he isn't running the number one, but he is running the number one is Alvaro Bautista, and then uh, he'll be on the yeah, factory Ducati along with his teammate Michael Ruben Rinaldi. Danilo Petrucci returns to the world stage after running in the uh, Moto America Superbike Championship. So uh, he's running a, a satellite Ducati for Barney Spark Racing. The HRC team is the same uh, combination of Iker Lacuona and and Javi Vieje, who came from Moto, both of them came from MotoGP. Uh, Alex Lowe's 
stays for another year along with, of course, Johnny Ray. Tom Sykes returns to World Superbikes, and he'll be running a private Kawasaki. And uh, let's see, who else is on a Kawasaki? It's not clear. Yeah, those are one, two. Yeah, Oliver Koenig, whoever he is. Yeah, so then in terms of the Yamahas, Bradley Ray for Moto X Racing. And uh, there's also Lorenzo Baldessari for GMT 94 Racing. Then you have uh, Toprak Raskadlioku and his teammate, Andrea Locatelli. Toprak goes back to his number 54, and Locatelli will be running number 55. Uh, that's And then Dominique Argeter and Remy Gardner could take over the seats at GRT Yamaha, uh, which uh, one of them was held by Garrett Gerloff. He moves to BMW this year, so the one American in the World Championship will be on a BMW along with, uh, let's see here, Scott Redding, who's riding for the factory team, Scott Redding and Michael Vandermark. And then the other BMW is Loris Baz. That'll be the teammate to Garrett Gerloff. And we went through all those. Honda has uh, mentioned two factory riders, and they have Hafiz Shiren or whatever, who used to be in MotoGP, and he still sucks. Eric Granado on a private Honda as well. They're teammates, and... Yeah, so those are the four Hondas. Mentioned Yamaha's, the Kawasaki's, BMW. So that's where we're at. I mean, the Ducatis, I mentioned three of them. Axel Bassani will be back this year on the number 47 for Moto Corsa. Philip Odell, as I mentioned. So that's the, uh, what is it, five? And then who's the six? They said there were six. Must have uh, missed one of them, but oh well. We'll see. What happens? The last three world champions are all back. There's some new riders in the series this year. You have riders move to different teams as per any silly season. We'll see what Remy Gardner can do in World Superbike. Argeter is considered a big-time talent, so can that second Yamaha team go and push the factory um, effort? Can BMW make a step forward? They haven't been up there in a while uh, with some new new faces on their bikes. And uh, can Kawasaki come back after uh, getting beaten by both Ducati and Yamaha uh, last year? We'll get into who did well at the round at Phillip Island to start the season in next week's episode. So going from there to the previews. Yeah, uh, we are gonna preview the races at ACS, the which I figure are the last, which will be the last time they'll race at ACS because of all the rumors that are going around in regards to uh, that racetrack. There will be forty cars for thirty. There's a forty for thirty-eight, right? It says there forty for thirty-eight at Auto Club for the Production Alliance Group Three Hundred. Uh, differences from last week's entry list to this week. Uh, Austin Dillon will be driving the number 10 for Colleague. They don't have an, anybody announced in the, the car along 13. They they don't think they... I thought they said they weren't going to run the 13 car on the West Coast, so I, they might end up withdrawing it. Or no, it is withdrawn, along with the 36 DGM car so ross chastain is actually driving the 91 for dgm racing interestingly uh, so somebody to look at there 
Um, but LeBay is going to go and drive the 28 for RSS Racing. So that's a good deal for him. A little slightly better car than what he's been driving. Uh, Garrett Smithley failed to qualify for Daytona, so he'll be looking to get into this show. I think Ryan Vargas also failed to qualify at Daytona, so uh, trying to get in. Emerlyn Gase will have C.J. McLaughlin racing uh, for them again. Or they race? He raced last week somehow, and he didn't actually cause a wreck, which was something. Uh, probably is a, that's overachieving for him. Uh, Kyle Sieg will be driving the 38, and Ryan Sieg will be back in the 39. Joe Graff Jr. will be in the 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing, along with um, then Tyler Reddick will be running for Sam Hunt in the 24. Uh, any other change? Roger Carruth will be in the 45 this week. Uh, they needed to call a sub in for Caesar Baccarella uh, because he got sick. I'm not remembering who they ended up calling in to go over here. Stefan Parsons, there you go. Stefan Parsons super subbed for uh, Caesar Baccarella there. I think that's it in regards to the changes. Roger Carruth will be in there. Timmy Hill. Uh, is not running for Xfinity points. I guess he's running for truck points. So um, he'll be running the number 66 again this week. So going into this race last year, of course, uh, Cole Custer won for SS Greenlight Racing because they had a connection with uh, with the Stuart Haas. That was their, own, their first win in, I think, their his- team history. Uh, Cole Custer has made a name on in the Xfinity series on these rougher surfaces, Josh. And definitely after a top 10 finish at Daytona, he wants to go and come out and get that first win out of the way, lock himself into the playoffs. But you look at John Hunter Nemechek, Sammy Smith, and then the junior motorsports crew, along with the likes of Sheldon Creed and Daniel Hemrick, who need to have a great run. And then, the fact that you have three cup drivers in this race in uh, Chastain, Reddick, and Dillon, it's going to be this going to be an interesting show for sure. Um, what are your thoughts on this uh, Xfinity race at California, and who do you think is going to win in wildcard? I mean, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race for sure. And I mean, when you look at uh, California Speedway, uh, I mean, it's pretty rough on tires. Uh, and you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, people that use the bottom, it's, it's wide, it can be fast. Uh, you can use the top, the middle. Um, so there are a lot of lane choices and there was going to be a lot of strategy on, uh, you know, exactly when, when to go and when, you know, when, when to conserve your tires and, uh, things can get it pretty strung out as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this race has in, in this field, you know, has a lot of, uh, interesting players in it and, uh, I think, you know, guys that are really good at managing their tires over the course of a run and have good speed, I think are going to uh, be the ones to uh, look out for. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. I think, you know, Toyota, I think post uh, Ty Gibbs, I think, you know, they have to make a statement. Uh, I think they've got the speed and I think John Hunter has, you know, proven himself uh on the truck series with Kyle Busch Motorsports and so you know I think he he's going to be able to um go out and win this race. Uh I think, you know, he's got a lot of potential here and certainly is somebody 
that can go out and win win this race and you'll be the first toyota drivers to win post uh ty gibbs uh wild card in this one um you know i'll go with parker rett's left i want to see what he's able to do uh driving for jordan anderson racing you know parker's um done you know pretty well you know, he comes from the i racing ranks of course and um of course that's the track of the week on the xfinity series so you know i'm sure he'll probably put in some time there on on the sim just to get reacclimated and everything and get some extra practice and um you know at least practice racecraft on on the sim uh at california and you know there's gonna be a lot of wild restarts i'm sure so he'll get that practice on the sim as well so yeah i'll go with uh parker as a uh, wild card and see what he's able to do this weekend here what more than likely end up being the i mean i agree with you on that one the final xfinity race on the big track and not unsure if they're still going to build the the short track so very well could be the final xfinity series race uh sadly at, at auto club speedway yeah i, I mean that's where it's going i don't know they're not going to race there next year and so when you leave this when you leave a track uh, unless you know take you have a groundswell of people in the local area or there's different supports uh, like what happened with north wilkesboro or rockingham perhaps i mean you're not really gonna stay around uh but who knows maybe stranger things have happened but i think they're going away of riverside uh for me I mean, you picked jhn which is a good one i'm gonna go out and choose i'm gonna choose uh i'm gonna go with um i'm actually gonna go with tyler reddick uh, i'll pick tyler reddick sam hunt racing has been up there they've had chances to uh win races last year with john hunter Nemechek at the helm uh of the 26 at that point now they're running two cars this year the 24 uh, which will have gear wrench sponsorship. I think Tyler Reddick has made a name for being uh, great at this type of racetrack here in Homestead. Uh, won two championships in a row by winning Homestead. And um, so I think a Cup Series driver wins uh, like last year. I picked Tyler Reddick to get the victory. In regards to a wild card selection, wild card selection, somebody that would be off the beaten path a little bit. Um, it's uh, see, I'm I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Alex LeBay because he's in a decent car. The RSS car as Stuart Haas support. Um, now they're running three teams, so maybe the the uh, talent is being spread a little thin, possibly. But uh, Alex LeBay has shown over his career; he's a former Cascar uh, champion and. He's a great road racer. I think this is the kind of place where somebody who has that kind of driving talent, and you have a veteran crew chief in Steve Addington, uh, what might what probably amounts to a one-off. Who knows what can happen there? You know, if you're you can gamble a little bit, and they, they have long green flag runs. Maybe you hold off on taking a set of tires, and then you. I think Anthony Alfredo tried to pull that off last year in this race or one of these one was, I think it was this race that Anthony Alfredo tried to do it when he was running for hour and um almost won the damn thing uh so that's um that's a possibility so uh, Reddick 
to win. Uh, and uh, what do you call Alex LeBay is the wild card. All righty, so we'll uh, go with that. We'll move forward to the Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway, uh, which only has the 36 chartered cars showing up this weekend. And uh, those are the only things that are really changing are sponsors, I would assume. Uh, yeah, there's sponsors. Yeah, oh, Richard will have Ralph's on his uh, 47. Then uh, Noah Gagson will have Sunseeker Resort. Well, Eric Jones will have Allegiant again, second yeah. time this year. He ran it at uh, the Clash. Um, yeah, Kyle Busch is going to have Lucas Oil on the side. So yeah, that'll be a that'll be different. They haven't run. I I don't remember a Cup Lucas Oil scheme in a while. So uh, that'll be something. Uh, Sindrick last year ran Menards, so he'll be have, he'll have that on there. Kubota. Will be on the one for Ross Chastain, Dow Coatings for Bald Spot, Gear Wrench for Kevin Harvick. Uh, the Castrol Edge will be on uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, Pala Casino will be on the 17 for Chris Buescher. Farm Smart, whatever that is, will be on uh, AJ Allmendinger. Are the Worth sponsorship on the 12 for Blaney? Sport Clips for Hamlin. Trying to go through here. Uh, Sirius XM will be on the 20 car for Christopher Bell. Reese's Fine Foods for Martin Truex. Uh, Dex Imaging on the 21. AAA of Southern California, which is the usual sponsor for Logano at ACS. Alidos for Bubba Wallace. Uh, Leaf Filter will be back on the 31 for Justin Haley. Uh, the 38 will have the Long John Silvers sponsorship. Reddick and Ty Gibbs will be both running Monster Energy Toyota, so that'll be lovely. Um, Nations Guard will be on the 77 for Ty Dillon. American Hartford Gold on the 78, and Freeway Insurance for the 99. So I'll go and uh, start here. I think uh, last year, Larson won this race. It it has all the, and he got into it with Clyde. This is one of, it's a home track for him. It's it feeds right into his wheelhouse. Really uh, got close at Daytona. He was in a position to possibly go and pull it off. Finally, Eric Jones had a great qualifying run last year in this in this race and was up front for a while. Uh, so I mean, it it kind of is a more wide open race because of the roughness of the track. Uh, I will go. I will go with Kyle Larson to uh, win at ACS. Uh, repeat. I don't think it's that far off the beaten path. I mean, the guy is just really good there at these rough surface racetracks. The wild card selection for me will will uh, be because I, I think it's anybody who's outside of the top 20 in points, right? So I can pick Eric Jones. So there you go, because he finished 36th or whatever at the Daytona 537. So um, last year he did a really good job in this race. And kind of showed some of the progression that that GMS team had uh, gotten with the influx of cash. And now he's got a more competitive teammate, rough uh, start to the season. So they're going to want to go and get themselves back in the mix. So Eric Jones, of course, who won the Southern 500 last year. Our owner, Jimmy Johnson's home track as well. Exactly, exactly. So that would be a, a good one 
for Eric Jones if he could go and pull it off. So that's uh, those are my choices. Uh, I think the racing in the uh, Cup Series is going to be a little bit more. I think it'll be a little closer than the Xfinity. I think they can spread out a lot more in the Xfinity series and they have limited tires. Uh, but I think this race should be a little better, but who knows uh, with that. Uh, but I'll uh, go. Yeah. So young money to win and uh, Eric Jones, that Jones boy, boy as the wild card. Uh, what are you looking at, Josh, for the Pala Casino 400? Who you feel like can uh, go and get that last victory and maybe stand get a opportunity as a wild card? Yeah, well, you picked Kyle Larson, who got his first career win in NASCAR at uh, Auto Club Speedway back in 2014 in the Xfinity Series, and I'm going to go with the other Kyle in this field, Kyle Busch, who got his first career cup win all the way back in 2005 at the fall uh, California Speedway race uh, back then. Um, and I think, you know, he's got a lot to prove this year, of course, but you know, also last year uh, the number eight car was probably the dominant car in the field for at least the first half of that race and, you know, until um, maybe the first, I don't know, through two stages. Uh, but you know, they ended up having some problems and crashed out of the race and uh, did not finish. And I think if it weren't for that, Tyler Reddick would have won that race last year. And uh, so I, I, my thinking is, you know, they've had a pretty good feel on the um, setup on that car last year. And I'm sure you know, they can come back and bring back a similar, you know, uh, set up there and i think you know kyle bush you know he's been good at this track in the past of course like i said first career win back in 2005 and then uh, of course won uh in 2013 and then 2014 he won at auto club speedway uh so you know he knows how to get it done at this track has won several times as well in the xfinity series uh over the years so um i think he gets his first career win with uh RCR on the last race uh, on the big track at uh, Auto Club Speedway. So um, I'm picking Kyle Busch uh, to win on Sunday. And I think uh, for my wild card, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Priest. Uh, you know, he's also out of the top 20 right now in points. But, um, you know, it's a rough track, and he's proved himself on rough tracks before. Remember, he won uh, at Iowa Speedway uh, with Joe Gibbs Racing Um you know, a couple of years ago in Xfinity and uh you know he, he's a short track guy he knows how to manage his tires and I think a uh, big track like this I think in uh you know with the rough surface I think very beneficial to him and I think uh, he definitely can uh, be a driver uh, that uh, can be a wild card pick certainly look for him to flirt with you know running in the top 10 i think throughout the race and i think if he can uh keep it in one piece as long as he's got a good handling car he, you know could be a, a dark horse uh you know threat for the top 10 so uh, definitely yeah look at him uh being a wild card so uh yeah i mean those are my picks uh this weekend uh should be an entertaining race i mean i think california is one of my you know favorite tracks uh, really in the series and kind of sad that they're going away from the uh two mile uh format and you know, potentially going away, uh, period, or going to a short track, I uh, think it's the wrong decision. And, you know, I think the solution, you know, they could at least, you know, like you've said before, Dale Jr. said it before, just pave the back stretch, pave the, the front stretch, 
uh, to make it smoother there and just leave the corners as is, uh, unless like the pavement starts falling apart or something like that. But, um, I've enjoyed the racing over there, you know, over the years and, um, the way that, you know, they're able to move around and find grip, you know, whether it's on the top or try to run all the way down onto the flat part on the apron. Um, a lot of entertaining races there in NASCAR, of course, IndyCar as well. Um, you know, they had their best race that nobody ever saw in front of a thousand people, uh, in the middle of, uh, summer on, uh, NBC all the way back in 2015. Uh, that was a, probably one of the best races ever seen, uh, ever on shame that they never got any car racing back, uh, at auto club speedway, but, um, would have been really competitive. I think, uh, you know, for sure with that and Pocono, but, um, shame that, you know, it's going to looking like it potentially could be going away. So uh, we'll see what they end up deciding to do. So you know, hopefully both races are really good and maybe make the executives rethink their decision, um, you know, with how much action that could happen at this racetrack uh, over the, you know, this next weekend. Yeah, honestly, I do agree with what you're saying about paving the straightaways and leaving the corners. I think Atlanta's proof of that. They were able to make it work for a long time in a much less with, with temperatures and a climate that wasn't really as good. Um, but I, unfortunately, I don't think that's where it's going. They should have an Indy car race there. I don't care how rough it is. They should have an Indy car race there. Um, you know, they have that gap for a month. They could run a ACS. Oh, you can't run two races in close proximity to each other. I, I don't really buy that. Um, if you really wanted to, you could run it, uh, but it's Indy car. So, it's probably why they need to be incorporating more ovals into their uh, situation there. All right, Josh, um, it's your time. Uh, I'll give you the floor for the sim segment, of course. Let us know how the iRacing Daytona 500s went for you and what else we can look at in terms of uh, sim racing this coming week. Yeah, of course. I mean, start off with the first iRacing Indy 500 that I ran on Saturday uh, afternoon, around noon uh, on Saturday. Uh, went and ran the fixed uh, series race. And, you know, initially I thought that um, that'd be my best chance. Um, everybody on equal setup, you know, based on how I've been able to run in the uh, cup cars or in the open setups uh, series on iRacing, it just seems like, you know, the someone always figures out something on the, the open setup side, uh, in, uh, I racing for, you know, the super speedways and someone just figures out how to get the speed and everything. So it's really hard to keep up with, but, uh, I decided to go with initially the fixed series on Saturday or afternoon. Like I said, uh, started out P 13 qualified, uh, there and, you know, really just try to maintain my track position throughout the first, um, you know, quarter of the race, uh, you know, didn't really do too much, stayed in within the top 20, um, you know, just try to ride around and survive. And most part, you know, we were single file, uh, in that, uh, edition of the ra- race. And then, you know, later on, um, you know, just try to maintain throughout the race and stay within the leaders. Uh, I think, you know, initially we stayed out on the, uh, first couple of pit stops, didn't pit with the, the leader or, you know, the lead group. And probably that's, maybe where things should have uh should have been doing that all along because uh, you you know stay in the same draft uh, pack as the leader you don't get separated or anything like that and uh definitely um you know you increase your chances of winning i think uh in in the uh, i racing daytona 500 and so that was a mistake there uh not pitting with the leaders that stayed out and 
pitted with uh, the next group. Uh, so I was still able to be in the top 10 for the most part. Uh, but then, you know, later on, uh, around like lap 110, lap 120, just after halfway, uh, green flag pit stops once again and uh, overshot the, pit, the entry to pit road, didn't, didn't get it wood down enough uh, to, you know, make it into the pit lane. Uh, so I, I, you know, entered onto the grass for a bit, just, um, didn't slow down enough and didn't shift down into second gear fast enough for whatever reason. I think it was just, I don't know, I guess I was just worried about getting run over from behind or something like that on entry to pit road that I, you know, forgot to shift correctly and, you know, put enough brake pressure. So went out into the grass for a minute or, you know, for not a minute, but, you know, for a few seconds there and ended up having to take a penalty. So I, I stayed in the box for an extra uh, 40 seconds um, after my pit stop and ended up losing the lap, but then um, spent, you know, basically from lap 120 all the way up until like lap 185 uh, trying to trying to battle for uh, the lucky dog. And I think, I don't know, we had like, I don't know if we had any, I have to look back at the results, but I don't think we had a caution that whole way uh until you know lap lap 185 and just managed to you know get my position uh back in time for that caution and you know just having to fight you know fight with the leaders and um i don't you know i don't really like trying to have to to do that and interrupt the leaders but you know i was just trying to have to draft my way up there to get in front of all the other lap cars that are on the same lap as me to get my lap back so um you know, I was able to do that and then got back onto the lead lap uh, and then, you know, just fought my way back from, I don't know, 14th place and only 14th place, but in iRacing, Lucky Dog has to start at the tail end of the field. So uh, I had to do that and, you know, managed to pick my way through the lap traffic and started to get to the, you know, top 10. And then just some of the crashes started happening there, people fighting and managed to avoid all, really all of them, I think. And so, yeah, just all of that happening and everything. Um, you know, I managed to be in the top five or not top five, but you know, close to it and um, be in the top ten at the end of the race and uh, really, you know, come down to a green white checkered. Uh, I think in that one and started off, I think like in ninth place and really I wanted to be on the outside because really the whole race, like the bottom, tends to get jammed. Um, you know, as people are trying to manage the draft and stay tucked in line. Uh, so the bottom always like jams up and then the top can move up, uh, into the lead. And then a lot of times they'll stay down, uh, and you're moved down into the bottom. And that's what caused some of the jamming up, but just wanted to be on the outside there. Cause I felt like that's where I'd been most comfortable making moves, uh, you know, and in my preparation leading up to the race and, um, just wasn't able to do that. And, so coming to the last lap is like in eighth or ninth place and just ended up staying committed to the guy in front of me uh, and everything. And then we just try to draft with him. And then the guys to my outside on the last lap, uh, they drafted together. And then uh, one of them tried, ended up getting draft off the leaders and they were able to split three wide, but then they, they touched and then everybody started crashing. And then um, I managed to miss that, but then I made contact uh, afterwards and then spun out crossed the line and ended up fifth. So, uh, the, uh, fixed series race, you know, ended up fifth, um, probably wanted to be a little bit closer than that on the last lap to really have an opportunity or be on the outside and, um, make a move. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good event. Um, just made a 
made a bunch of mistakes i feel like and um probably probably uh, could have gotten it, uh some of that back if i you know didn't overshoot the pits uh you know after halfway and everything so um still you know at least got the finish fifth and on the lead lap so technically that is my best finish i think uh in i racing daytona 500 competition uh on in the game so did that uh, i'll show a replay i guess in a minute i probably should pull that up so you know you can see the finish and everything but um the other other one uh yeah actually let me just go ahead before we talk about the open series race let me see if i can uh grab that one and then i'll i'll put it on uh so you can see it i'm sure you already saw it but you know just so we can you know go over it on the show uh let me see here yeah go back and yeah, to cut through this to to get to the yeah so yeah let me see here i'll put on the thing uh share screen i racing daytona 500 okay you can see this yeah so put it on there mute the volume but like yeah anyways though like going into turn three this guy here number six he uh gets a draft off the two leaders and then fakes to the outside then shoots the middle here and then 20 here goes with him and then they make contact here and then spin out and then we just go to the apron and then i get contacted from behind and then spin out and everything uh and finished in fifth so that was the first one on the fixed race um uh, but yeah it was fun and everything just uh you know needed to be a little bit closer and i think if we were had been able to get on the outside leading onto the you know going into the final lap maybe we could have been in that position uh on the outside to take a draft and split the middle there um and everything and looking at how that played out if the guy like he had made the pass and if he just didn't make contact with the guy in the middle um or to his outside he would have won the race so and it is what it is though but um we'll come back again i guess next year but um the other one the uh the fixed or the open series one started in second because you know i was able to able to find a uh, setup on there that actually worked um online i was able to download a setup and everything and so started second in that one and then uh obviously good qualifying setup and so you really just managed to stay in the top 10 throughout the entire race and there was a good portion from um i'm gonna say like maybe like the after the first pit stop and then all the way all the way to like maybe like lap i don't know 135 or so is like up in the the top the top five top three so you know managed to you know really um be up there for a bit and just manage position and stuff and then fell back a little bit um you know as pit stops happened final pit stops uh started to commence uh, and everything but um after lap 150 you know i was before that it was really just managing my position you know like i have been saying and didn't really race too aggressively but you know once lap 150 came around i knew it was like okay well it's time to go and got to position yourself uh for the final pit stop which was gonna gonna take place with about 10 laps to go or so so i wanted to be in position good good position up front to be able to do that and i wanted to make sure i was up you know close to the lead and um and everything like that um and was really pushing hard on the outside, you know, just felt really confident, uh, being able to push and draft and, you know, be up into the lead and everything. And, um, had been able to do that, um, throughout the race, uh, whenever I did try to pass or anything like that, but, um, just, uh, tried, you know, tried a little too hard, I think though, cause, um, I ended up crashing out about 22 laps ago. I'll 
pull that up here. Uh, yeah, this is the replay of it. Uh, yeah, so start off here because uh, this is like on the lap leading up to it. I'm on the outside here, and I got a um, the guy in front of me is actually a lap car, so um, I actually got a little bit of help there because he's not that's not for position. So I'm technically the first lead lap car in this lane, but yeah, just had a good run and was really pushing here. Uh, you know, pushing here, and then you know made it made it up all the way up into third right here and was really just trying to stay behind him and um i felt so i'll pause I'll pause here but really just felt like uh you know we would be in the lead on the back stretch so i was really pushing hard and then we'd cut down uh to the bottom and stay there and try to stay there until you know our first or until the final pit stop so um that was my thinking but then a couple of seconds later here um just car just pushed up high and then it snapped to the left and then spun out here and then just got pushed back into the wall and everything. So it's pretty much the end of our race there. Uh, and yeah, couldn't believe it. And then guys like, what the hell? And yeah, so that's basically how that happened. And then, you know, ended up having about, I don't know, eight minutes of required repairs and everything. So stayed in the pits. But then once I was finished, um, drove back out there to try to finish and actually surprisingly, even though we still had a lot of optional, uh, repair time left, uh, still had a good draftable car, uh, and everything. So, uh, ended up finishing in 26th place there in the open series, uh, race. So started second, uh, and actually led one lap, a single lap there. So, uh, I think that's the first time I ever led in the Daytona 500 on iRacing. Um, but, uh, still, you know, it takes a lot to win these races, you know, the Daytona 500, like in real life, um, got to be in the right position at the right time and you know got to uh, you know either time your drafts well or time it blocks well and just wasn't able to get there and the first one that i ran open series or is fixed series sorry uh i mean my goal was really to be in the uh lead lead group you know going into the final lap which i was able to do but you know just wasn't in quite in the right position there to execute the pass uh for the win uh and then the other one um had, i felt like i had a strong car but uh just uh i think just pushed a little too hard a, a little bit too early and probably probably could have been a little bit slightly conservative there uh on that run uh knowing still had a little bit of time left but you know and was knew i had to go and everything and you know just try to go for it so um that's how it goes sometimes but you know we'll come back next year try to add the virtual certificate or trophy to the mantle and along with the uh indy 500 from last year which of course no longer on i racing as we've talked about uh so you know just got the daytona 500 and i think the rolex 24 are the only i think the only real majors along with the 12 hours in bathurst i think that and the 600 and southern 500 so there's i mean there's a lot of special events but the ones that i care about there's only about maybe like three or four of them that i think i really care about uh competing in but you know uh, we'll see what happens uh, and if I have time later on this year or next year. So we'll just have to go through it and try uh, and everything. But, you know, of course, had fun and all. So, um, you know, we'll um, continue to have fun on iRacing and, um, um, you know, just continue to go through it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's it for me this week. Um, I think, you know, if I play iRacing this week, it'll be just Xfinity or Cup. Uh, if I can't, if I can get into one of them, uh, or trucks at Auto Club Speedway, and um, I mean, it won't be the last time I racing races on uh, Auto Club Speedway in the uh, uh, oval. So 
I'm sure it'll be there as long as they decide to keep it on there as a two-mile oval. So uh, try to hit that up maybe a couple of times later in the week. Um, you know, need a couple of days off from iRacing after, you know, a couple of days of preparation and then two days of running the Daytona 500 in a row. So uh, I have to take a couple of days off to kind of, see uh, me, just to take a break and everything. But, you know, be doing Auto Club, I think, and maybe a couple of road races here and there. So um, as always, um, if you are watching the YouTube stream and everything, you see the clip from that. Of course, that's on my Twitch uh, channel, which is uh, Twitch TV slash Utiler 2, and go and watch that. Of course, the uh, replay of uh, that Daytona 500 open and fix are on there currently, and then I'll probably clip up the finish from that, my wreck from the other one, just to show uh, you know the result of that. Probably clip that one and save that one off and everything, so have that up on there. So go on there, uh, follow or like or whatever on, on the uh, Twitch channel and and everything and then of course uh you want to see when i announce you know or the link when i post the link to streams that'll be on uh and all my other takes that'll be on twitter at uh jp huffine and uh we'll retweet that one on the show uh twitter as well group share podcast so go on there and follow uh and you know interact and everything so um yeah it'll be where all my race takes and you know all my other takes on all my other interests will be so uh go on there and follow jp offline and uh of course youtube channel where this will be on later in the week uh you know go on there follow grip share podcast and go and uh subscribe and um go on there like our videos comment and interact and everything and you know show support for the page so yeah i mean that's all this week um you know glad daytona 500 uh got through it and everything real life and in sims so always a fun time whether you know you're participating in or watching it so um there's always next year and we'll continue on throughout the rest of the season here uh on the show and in real life so yep so yes i mean uh tough deal there in the in the one race for sure where you're right there sneaking up on it but hey you're you're up there you gave yourself a chance so that's a lot better than a lot of them other guys that were in that race so for that uh, credit but it is tough it's it's the truth i mean there's so many great names in the real daytona 500 never won it so fact you won indy takes a lot of work and you know it also the same way to win daytona and any of these other big races it, it in a lot of ways it has similarities to the real deal uh you can find us as josh mentioned the youtube page of course scripture podcast where we have all the shows uh all the streams then we have you can find the Gripster podcast at on Podbean or basically anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, you can find it at philipgmatthew.com and uh, you can find me at philipgmatthew on Twitter. And that's essentially where I'm at. I uh, might my, my Instagram philipgmatthew28. Mostly post bowling stuff there. Um, that's about it. And uh, yeah, I mean we will. Be back next week for episode 158 of the Grip Strip Podcast. I want to go and get the schedule up there. I want to make sure I know what the schedule is coming up. All series and then the schedule so we can get into it. We'll, of course, review uh, the races at California at ACS. We will also uh, get into... the world Superbikes and formula e as i mentioned in the roundup and then we will go over the testing at bahrain and uh 
yeah, so then that will be so that'll be this coming week, and then uh, the following week will be uh, in March. Yeah, so the following week we'll have Vegas uh, racing there. So you'll have we'll go over the race at Vegas. We'll also get into the Formula One and Formula Two opener and the IndyCar and Indy Lights or Indy NXT or whatever opener. So a very busy week upcoming for episode 158 of the Gritcher Podcast. We will preview both Formula One and IndyCar, make our picks for uh, champion. And, and in terms of in terms of IndyCar, we'll also make uh, early um early picks for Indy we won't make our like that we'll we'll be able to amend them but uh definitely make championship picks for both series and constructors picks for Formula One go over a lot of stuff we're getting busy now a uh, lot to go into all three series actually I feel Formula One Formula Two Formula Three and IndyCar Indy NXT um, of course, there's Supercross going on, too, so I can't forget that. I do forget that sometimes, so seeing NHRA is about to come back, too. So plenty of racing. We are got off of football now we're in racing time, so we'll go over all of that next week on the Grip Trip Podcast. Uh, thanks, as always, to Josh for all great work and contributions, uh, not only as my as right-hand guy and my friend and co-host, but also on the engineering side of the show making sure this thing goes smoothly and then um and his eye racing of course being a great eye racer that he is and then uh for me i'll see what i can do on the bowling lanes this week keep on progressing don't kill myself in the gym but keep on making progress there keep things moving in a positive flow so with that well, uh, thank you for listening to Gripster Podcast. Uh, for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. God bless and goodbye.